Hi there, and welcome to Let's Slow Down, a podcast for all of you who feel tired and stressed from this overwhelming world. Here we'll have fun, inspiring conversations about living life on our own terms and explore ways to ease the pace of our modern world, because life really is good when you're relaxed enough to be present for it. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Stolting, and I welcome you to this space where I hope to inspire you to slow down because life is too short to let it go by in a blur. So take a deep breath, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, it's Anne-Marie. I wanted to invite you to a special event I'm hosting this Wednesday, tomorrow, May 10th. I'll be hosting a live webinar via Zoom, and I'd love for you to join me to have a heartfelt conversation about all things slowing down. I really want to hear from you. I want to know what your struggles are, what you are experiencing in your life in regards to this, honestly, this ongoing journey of incorporating more um, slower pace and just more wellness habits that support slow living and simple living. So please come join us tomorrow. The link will be in the show notes. It's also on my Facebook and Instagram pages, or you can feel free to message me. Um, you just have to sign up on the link. You'll get the, the zoom information there. And I hope to see you today on the podcast. We're talking with Carrie Tambio. She's here with us to talk about the four pillars of wellness today on let's slow down. I have with me guest Carrie Tambio, educator, surfer, yoga practitioner, wife, and mom in constant pursuit of balance, fulfillment, and well-being. She is also the host of the Coffee, Surf, Yoga, Wine podcast. Welcome, Carrie. Thanks for being here today. Hi, Anne-Marie. I'm so glad to be here today. Thanks for having me. Of course. I love the name of your podcast and everything that it represents. So let's start with what your inspiration was for creating it. Well, I think that my inspiration for creating my podcast was really just that lifestyle of wellness and well-being. For me, coffee, surf, yoga, and wine represent my perfect day. And, you know, if I can do all of those things, maybe in that order, then it's going to be a good day. And what it's really about is really trying to have joy in life, you know, live a life that we really enjoy and where we really feel fulfilled, we feel happy, we feel connected. So many times in life, we can just get so busy. And what happens is then we don't enjoy life, right? We, we end up getting so wrapped up in work or in our tasks, our to-do lists. And it's so easy to do. I mean, I've definitely been one of those people. It's so easy for me to fall into that. Me too. And so for me, creating this podcast is was, was about, you know, how can I help people to live a lifestyle that's going to serve them as a whole person and is really going to help them to live a lifestyle of joy and well-being and balance? I love that. It's it's a great reason to start it and have discussions about this topic. It's a huge topic. There's so much in it. What really resonates with me is that focusing on our whole person, right? Our whole selves. I feel like that gets lost along the way. And it's really tricky. It's challenging. 
And like you said, the to-do list and all the responsibilities that we have day to day often end up kind of taking, you know, priority and the rest of it falls to the wayside. Whereas the rest of it is what makes life great and fun and enjoyable and fulfilling. So bringing this to life is special. And I think it's going to benefit a lot of people. Coffee, surf, yoga, wine. I would say that kind of describes my perfect day too. I'm not a surfer, but I'm a huge beach fan. So I'll just, you know, lay on the beach and watch the people surfing. And other than that, it's, it's a perfect day for me as well. So how often do you get to live all of these things in your day? You know, I think that I try to do at least three of them or, or four every single day. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> because for me, actually, coffee, surf, yoga, and wine, I mean, you can think about them literally, but I also think of them as pillars for wellness. So, for example, coffee is like, how do we start our day for success? You know, how do we set up our day so that we're, you know, just walking into it with a positive mindset on the right foot? You know, what are those morning practices maybe that we have that just put us on a positive trajectory for our day? So. I try to do something every morning that is going to just set up my day for success, for example. And then with surf, for me, that's about that pillar is about getting out into nature and also moving our body. I think that, you know, nature just has this healing quality about it. And we're just so much happier when we get outside. There's research that shows that people in North America spend 90% of their time indoors. Oh my gosh. Really? So that just, much? Yeah. So we're mm-hmm. not, we're just not getting outside enough, yeah. which is a shame because there's so many benefits to being outside. So it doesn't necessarily have to be surfing. I mean, not everyone has access to the ocean, for example, but to me, it's, it just represents that idea of getting outside, getting into green spaces you know, even just taking a walk, just anything where we're getting outdoors. And if we can combine that with moving our body, then I think that it just doubles the impact, the positive impact on ourselves. You know, also, we live very sedentary lives, right? I mean, we're often sitting, sitting is the new smoking, right? We're, we're at, in front of our computers, That's in front true. of our devices, we're not moving our bodies enough. So I think like I try to get outside, move my body every day. For me, yoga, this pillar represents like finding calm, finding center, having a positive mindset. So, I mean, and I think that practicing yoga can help us to cultivate those things, but I don't think yoga like specifically is the only way that we can do that. But I think that's kind of what that pillar represents for me. And, you know, it can be as simple as throughout the day when you notice that you're starting to get stressed or you're starting to feel your mind is just kind of all over the place, like doing a simple breathing exercise, for example, can that takes like three minutes or one minute can just bring us back into the present moment and clear our minds. And I mean, it's kind of about that, you know, and then the wine pillar is about connecting with others and also rest. Okay. So like, I mean, I love having a glass of wine that, you know, that's awesome. And, you know, and I think that it's such a fun way to just kind of unwind at the end of the day and connect with someone that you love, a friend, your spouse, 
you know, whoever, you know, there's a happiness study that was just conducted. I mean, it's actually the longest happiest happiness study that's ever been conducted. It's in Harvard. And there's a professor there that recently wrote a book about it. And he's been conducting it for the last 30 years, but it's been going on for like 90 years or something. And so they've been tracking these people over time to see what is it that creates a happy life. And he said that the most interesting thing and thing that they didn't really expect that they found that creates happiness in our lives is the quality of our relationships. So connection is just so essential to our lives. And I think that in our society today, we know that loneliness is actually an epidemic. Yes. There's a lot of people who are very isolated and we're, again, going back to being so busy and just being behind screens. We are lacking that connection. I mean, unfortunately, it's like we're more connected than ever, but we're less connected than ever. Yeah, so that's what I was just thinking. Yep. Yeah. So that's what this wine, this wine pillar is about. It's about remembering to connect and to make effort to do it because sometimes we need to be intentional yep. because we can get into habits where we're not. And then it's also about rest because rest is just so essential and something I think that as a society, we haven't necessarily valued, you know, I mean, we kind of value just going 24 seven and never taking a break and just being very achievement oriented. And that's really at the detriment to our health and to our well-being, because research shows that we actually need like as adults, we need at least seven hours of sleep a night, but many people aren't getting that. Yeah, you know, right. I know that it, for me, it's a struggle mm -hmm. sometimes, even though I know these things, it's still hard, you know, but it's about trying to prioritize a lifestyle in which we are giving ourselves that deep breaths that we do need in order to function optimally. So, yeah, the rest, especially as we get older, really at all ages, but we see it so clearly when a baby hasn't had their nap. And I feel like as adults, we get cranky like that too. It just kind of comes out in different ways. And so we all need it. We all need it. And we, we don't get it because I agree with you. Our society is so focused on doing, 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 and checking off as much as possible and being as productive as we can. Rest isn't valued as much. And you could argue, and I think this is true, that we are way more productive when we rest. So you think a society that supports productivity would support rest because they really do go hand in hand. It's just so much of a game changer for me when I am well rested. And it's not like you can just get a good night's rest and then you're all caught up. It's got to be a regular, consistent practice. And it does take a lot of intention because it's so easy Especially for people like me, I'm not a natural morning person. I'm dying to hear about your morning routine. And I've been really working in, on cultivating mine because it does make such a difference in my day. But along with that, I have to plan, obviously, the night before to make it happen. So I have been working on that the last few months. And it really has, has made such a difference in how I feel and how I go about my day. I used to kind of roll out of bed and then let the day start bombarding me from all angles. And that is a rough way to start. I've recognized I need that peace and quiet. I need that time to myself before life starts happening. So I think I 
Correct me if I'm wrong. I was listening to a few of your episodes and do you wake up at 4 a.m.? These days, I usually wake up between 4.30 and 5.15. Wow. I've been trying to give myself as much sleep as I can. So yeah, I have been able to move back a little bit on the time I wake up. There were many years when I did wake up at 4 every day and sometimes even earlier because in my job in education, I support schools statewide. And that, that means schools on other islands as well. And so sometimes, you know, we would need to go out to visit these schools and we would be catching flights at, you know, 7 a.m. or something in order to be at or 6 a.m. actually in order to be at the school by 30. And so that would mean I would be waking up at like 3 a.m. or whatever. Anyway, so, yeah, I definitely have had a schedule in which I would be waking up very early. And what time do you need to go to bed for a wake up? at that hour. I mean, ideally, I guess I try to, it would be great if I could get into bed by 9, 9.30. That's what I'm usually shooting for. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not easy to do. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about island hopping. Why don't you mention to our listeners where you live? <laughs> yeah, sure. I live in Hawaii. So I live on the island of Oahu. But as I was saying, for my job in education, I work at our state office for public education, and we're one school system, one one state and one district, actually, for our whole state. So wow. that's why for me, okay. working at the state office, we, I support schools throughout our entire state. Interesting. And that's your surf piece as well. That's why she can surf every day guys. Yes, I live on an island, have access to the ocean. (laughs) Were you born and raised there? No, actually, I was born in New York. And my dad was actually born in Hawaii, which is how I have a connection here through my dad and his family. But I was actually born in New York. Actually, shortly after I was born, my family moved to California. Then we moved to Washington State. And so I did not really grow up in Hawaii. But what ended up happening is I ended up coming to Hawaii for college. So I went to the University of Hawaii here and I ended up never leaving after that. So I don't blame you. It's breathtaking how beautiful it is. And I'd imagine it really supports living a healthy lifestyle, being outside and, you know, having that sunshine, having the ocean calling you and what a great place to live and raise kids. Yeah, well, I definitely love it. It's always felt like home to me somehow. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people feel like they get priced out of living in Hawaii because it's very expensive. The cost of living is very high, but I don't know, to me, it's worth it. That's amazing. We talked about prioritizing sleep and the, the coffee piece of your podcast title. I know the surf piece isn't literally surfing, although you do literally surf every day, which is incredible. And what amazing exercise too. And I agree with you 100% about getting outside. And it's shocking that that statistic you gave with us spending 90% of our day inside, that's hard to believe. And I mean, I'm in New Jersey. So we are, although it's been a mild winter, you know, we're coming out of our winter months where you really do sometimes hibernate depending on the season, how cold it can be and get dark so early and all those things. But this season, I have made it 
a priority to make myself get outside every morning because I have noticed that, you know, despite the cold and everything, and it, and it is dark oftentimes when I'm going out in the morning, something about being outside, the fresh air, the just being in the peace and quiet and being with the trees and sometimes still with the stars in the morning, it's just so calming. And I think it does really ground me and most people, I would imagine. I also notice if I'm having, you know, not a great day, if I just get outside, even if it's only for a couple of minutes, go for a little walk, even just sit outside for a few minutes. It does sort of help. Okay. I'm going to regroup now. Kind of gets you out of your own head. And my happy place is the beach. I mean, if I, if I could sit, if I could put my feet in the sand every day, I think I'd be a completely different person. (laughs) So talk to us about some of the other benefits of that nature piece. I think it's like you said, somehow when we go outside, we just feel different. And I love what you mentioned about getting outside first thing in the morning, because there's a lot of emphasis these days that I hear about our circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know you said when you go outside, sometimes it's still dark. Me too. But if we're able to go outside in the morning and get that sunlight, like in our eyes, like it actually really helps us to sleep better at night. I mean, it actually helps to set our circadian rhythm. So I think that getting outside in the morning, if you can, even for a few minutes is very beneficial for our health and well-being. And yeah, for me, I just, I love to surf after work. And, you know, for me, it's just been a way to help to relieve stress Because I think that as we're working throughout the day, you know, a lot of stress can build up in our bodies. And when we get out into nature, and especially when we're exercising at the same time, it's like, we just come, we're afterwards, we're like a different person. Mm -hmm. You know, we have shifted from one state of being into another. Yes. And I think that it's about building habits. Because what I hear from a lot of people is, oh, after work, I'm just so tired. I don't have energy, for example, to exercise or, you know, I just need to go home or whatever. But what I have found is by creating a habit of getting outside after work, it's like you just don't even think about it. It's just what you do and you need to do it. Over time, it's something that you crave and you actually feel worse if you don't do it, you know? Like yep. you need it. And so I really think it's about creating these habits that support us as people, as our whole person, which really help us to live happier and healthier lives. So I don't know, for me, getting into the ocean, for example, is just so rejuvenating and it's actually healing. Something There's a quality about the water yes. that, it's magical. that just heals you and refreshes you like nothing else does somehow. I don't know. And I also think that whatever you choose to do when you go outside, it needs to be something that you love. You have to, you know, you have I, to want to do it and enjoy doing it. Exactly. I mean, I think that unfortunately in our culture, there's a lot of emphasis just on, for example, weight loss. And so people are doing things not because they love doing it, but because they think they have to in order to lose weight or something. Yeah. For me, I feel like I'd rather take a different approach in which I want to do things that I love to do and like having a nice 
physique is just going to be like a result of that lifestyle. You know what I mean? It's not, that's not my goal necessarily. My goal is to be happy and to be doing things that I enjoy and that I love and that make me feel good. And as a result, you know, I'm just going to, I'm not going to need to think about losing weight. It's just right. kind of, right. it's going to be just a byproduct of that lifestyle. So I think that that's what coffee, surf, yoga, wine is about. It's about living that lifestyle that's just going to support us as a whole person so that we are healthy, so that we are vibrant. And I think that getting out into nature is just such a great part of that. I mean, it could be, if you love walking, it could be that walking, being present, you know, it, while you're walking. I think it could be biking. It could be running. I mean, or could, I mean, like in where you live, it could be skiing. I don't know, right? I mean, anything that just, you just get some joy out of it. I think that's one of the most important parts of it. Me too. And I agree. It's, there's such an emphasis on getting the workout in and doing this and doing that, that we forgot we can pick things because we like to do them. These things are so basic, but they're so hard. And, and I mean, they're, I think they're hard, but I guess if we can take that time to be a little more intuitive, well, how do I like to move my body? What exercises am I going to do on a regular basis? I used to be a big runner and my knees are kind of shot at this point. So I still wish I could run more than I do. But I, I guess I had this mentality that I had to be like, really break a sweat and this and that when I was, you know, quote unquote, working out or getting my exercise. I can get my heart rate up and get a really good workout in walking. I have to stop being so hard on myself that this isn't counting. We have two dogs. We walk a lot with them. I think it's just changing the way we think about things, the way we approach them. And like you said, in a, in a perfect world, if we really do listen to our bodies, then hopefully these actions, exercises that we're choosing are supporting the rest of us, right? And then helps keeping you at a healthy weight, and your heart health and all those good things. And then also making good food choices because you want to feel good. You don't want to feel sluggish, even, you know, trying to go to bed earlier, thinking about those food choices in the evening, maybe not too much sugar, keep the coffee for the morning. <laughs> All of those things. It's like if we think about them all, they really do work together to serve us really well. And then it kind of happens naturally. Totally. I mean, the best exercise is the one that you're actually going to do. And there's more likelihood that you're going to do it if it's something that's fun and not something mm -hmm. that you just kind of view as torture. Yep. Right? <laughs> yep. I, I think we need to separate this idea, you know, this idea that exercise needs to equal torture and, you know, instead <laughs> replace it with an idea that we can do something that's fun and enjoyable and it can also happen to help us to exercise our body, you know? And what I've noticed is when I exercise, even if I feel tired, when I say I get, I feel tired after work, a lot of times I do, I feel like I'm depleted. I'm like, wow, I'm done. Um, but when I get to the, and when I get to the beach, you know, I still feel tired, but when I paddle out and when I'm surfing, by the time I come in, I feel energized. The thing is, the thing I've always loved about surfing is it doesn't feel like exercise. Mm -hmm. 
Like I, you know, you don't feel like, oh, I'm doing a workout. I mean, even though you are, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like that. It feels it's because it's challenging. It's fun. Um, it's not boring. You have to be very present. You have to be very aware of everything that's around you. You can't really do it mindlessly. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think if you find a physical activity that is just really enjoyable for you and that you just love to do, then you're never going to really exercise another day of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Did you ever see a shark when you were surfing? That's a good question. I actually have not seen a shark. A few months ago, there was a time when I was surfing. And then right after I went in, everyone was like, oh, my God, right after you went in, there was a big shark that swam. (laughs) But no, I haven't seen a shark. My husband has. Yeah. And I, I mean, I definitely know lots of people who have seen sharks, but I mean, we don't see them super frequently. Yeah. So that's not. A I've seen current. monk seals. I saw it one time I came to face to face with a monk seal. It's like I fell off my board. I came up and there was like this monk seal's face was just right there. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> yeah. It's like, exactly. like, wow. And then. <laughs> We see a lot of sea turtles, a lot of turtles that I see almost every day. It sounds beautiful. I have a, I have a mental picture right now of your afternoon and, and I would imagine even though you're, you know, you are tired, you had a long work day by the time you're getting there, just feeling that water, right? The cold water probably kind of snaps you out of it too. And it's a gift because it gives you a whole like second chapter of your afternoon. And rather than go home and just be like wiped and kind of blah, like you said, you go home and you're invigorated and helps you process the day. So you're not taking that home with you. So that's, that's great. Sounds like you definitely found what works for you on your groove with that. And then you said you also do yoga. Yeah, I also love to do yoga. I just started practicing yoga, I guess it's about six or seven years ago. And honestly, Starting yoga, though, was kind of what set me on like a wellness journey in a way. It kind of set me on this journey of just of just learning and curiosity and just expanding myself in terms of health and wellness. So I'm really grateful for yoga and for kind of the path that it's led me on. I started out doing yoga with a friend of mine. She she actually had her own yoga studio in her house and she was always inviting me to do yoga. And, and I was like, ah, yoga's not really my thing. I don't know. But then finally one day I was like, all right. So I went and I was like, oh, you know, this isn't so bad. I mean, for me actually growing up, I did gymnastics. And so it kind of like reminded me of that. I hadn't like stretched my body like Mm -hmm. that since I was like a little kid, (laughs) you know? And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. I mean, I'm like doing things with my body that I haven't done in many years. And I realized that doing yoga, it really just creates your sense of awareness about your body. I mean, and it's interesting because the word yoga asana, that means like a yoga yoga posture. But actually asana, the real meaning of that Sanskrit word is a seat of awareness. And it's very interesting because it's so true that when you're doing yoga poses, each one does help you to create a sense of awareness in your body. I mean, you really start to notice the way each of your muscles feel and 
it's really actually a beautiful experience to be really present to your body and to your mind and to your soul. So actually it was starting yoga that kind of led me down this path of learning because all these things would kind of come up in yoga class. For example, meditation. Before I started doing yoga, I really didn't know anything about meditation. It was a completely foreign concept to me. But then I was like, okay, well, what is this meditation thing? And so I started trying to learn more about it and I would research it and start trying to find out what is it? What are the benefits of it? You know, why do people do this? And and then starting to try it myself. And so, I mean, that's just one example of how doing yoga kind of led to me learning other things that have actually kind of had an impact on my life. Yeah. And I ended up getting so into yoga and just loving how it kind of stilled my mind and just made me feel so present when I was doing it that, you know, I just wanted to deepen my practice. So I ended up doing a yoga teacher training in 2019. That was a really good experience as well that just allowed me to learn more about yoga philosophy. I think yoga is just, it's just very deep. There's so much that we can learn from it. I mean, it's our body, our, it's, a, it's our mind, our body, mm-hmm. our spirit. It's, it's really about all of that. Yep. So about us as a whole person, like you yeah. said earlier. Yeah, which is so important. I think a lot of times too with exercises that we do that are very strenuous, we oftentimes just focus on that and not like, is this really serving me? Can my knees really do this anymore at, you know, whatever age or just really listening to what our body needs. And a lot of times it's like, just push through, you know, mind over matter kind of thing. And I think it's really important to connect with how we're feeling. And like you said, you're, you're in tune to all of your individual muscles. And there's a lot to be said for that because even just with injury prevention, you know, for example, but you know yourself so much better as a result of that practice. And of course you went and got your teacher certification with it. It's the educator in you, I'm sure. So are you actively teaching now or was it more of of a training for you just to sort of deepen your knowledge of it? Yeah, I kind of, I viewed it as as more of something just because I wanted to learn more and deepen my own practice. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been teaching. It's it's still something that possibly I could do in the future. I've thought about it, but uh, yeah, I guess at the time I viewed it more as something I wanted to do for myself because, and it was actually a hard decision because I think that as we get older, I feel like a lot of times we feel guilty almost that, you know, to invest in ourselves or to, to give ourselves that time just kind of for personal growth. Uh, so it's it's almost like a gift that we have to give to ourselves. And so I think that's been part of my own journey is is just realizing that and accepting that, you know, that we need to continue to learn and grow throughout our entire lives. It's not necessarily like we only learn and grow just when we're in college, you know, and then after that we get a job and we have our kids and and that's it. Right. I mean, I feel like that's the message maybe we get from society. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's clear messages for us or models even necessarily that we should continue to prioritize our personal growth throughout our entire lifetime. 
But I'm finding through my own journey that that's actually an essential piece. Me too. When I don't do that, I really don't feel good. I don't feel like I'm really tapping into, I guess, my potential. I am a lifelong learner for sure. I mean, I'm I'm a former educator also. And I think that's part of the reason why I felt attracted to that career because I liked learning. I liked teaching, teaching new things to others. And constantly, I mean, as a teacher, I'm sure with a lot of professions, it's like you are constantly learning on the job and it's always changing and being, being present and, you know, that monitor and then adjust every lesson, every situation, every class is applicable to every other part of life beyond the classroom. And when we leave the classroom, those things generally continue to happen. You might not be a formal student anymore, but I think that's why I'm attracted to all these self-improvement books. And I always am just looking to better myself, better the people around me. Okay. How can, how can we kind of incorporate, you know, this, that's why I love your podcast because you have so many wellness tips and, and ideas to incorporate. And I, heard in one of your episodes that you read the personal development books too. I mean, I've been reading these things forever. Like I think high school, I feel like back when there were still borders and Barnes and Nobles everywhere, that's the section I would go to all the time. So I was wondering what some of your favorites are. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I, I do love to read. I, I mean, I'm actually a former English teacher. So, I mean, reading has always been something that I've loved to do. And you're right that over the last several years that has definitely been a part of my journey is learning and a lot of that has been through books so in terms of my favorite books that is a great question I have so many books that I love to read one book that I think is actually pretty cool is The Miracle Morning have you read that book I have read that one yeah by Hal something Hal Elrod, I believe. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he has a very amazing story. And his book, I think it really speaks to the coffee pillar uh, Mm -hmm. because it's all about how we can start off our day for success. He suggests the savers model, I think, where there are, what, like six or seven things that you're supposed to do in order to kind of set up your morning for success. I mean, it's it's kind of intense because it's so many things, but I like think I'm getting it's... stressed out by my morning <laughs> practice. <laughs> this a little. That, I mean, it's very inspirational. And I think that if you could incorporate even a few of those things sure. into your morning practice, then I think it's going to make a really big difference. So I think that The Miracle Morning is a great book and it's actually become like an entire movement. So I would definitely recommend And, you know, for me, I'm also really into brain health. So I like reading books that deal with the brain, like Dr. Amen. I don't know if you have you've heard of him, but he he's well known for doing brain scans and he's actually created a book. And I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's about happiness. It's about how we can create a happier life and it's based on our brain types. So through through having scanned thousands and thousands thousands of brains, he's come to see that there's actually different brain types and that 
based on our brain type, we can actually do specific things in order to live a happier life. So that is interesting. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I like to read a variety of books. I mean, there's even this book called, or have you read Ikigai? No, I have not. Yeah. So I really like this book as well because it's about purpose. In Japan, it's it's the word ikigai is Japanese and it's it means, you know, why I get out of bed in the morning, essentially. So it's about how we can live a life of purpose that really helps us to live a longer, healthier, happier life. So it's about living in alignment with your purpose. So anyway, there are so many books out there. <laughs> there are. There's so many. I know. That's why I feel like that should be a question I ask everybody because I love to get recommendations. It's good to know which ones resonate with people. And the brain studies are really fascinating. I've been learning some things about that too. And it's so interesting. And talk about like technology coming a long way with what they can figure out through these scans and things. It's I think it's fascinating. I'm going to be checking all of those out. Your fourth pillar of wine, wine embodies meeting up for a drink and that connection piece that is so important, probably the most important thing that we're talking about today. How do you make time to fit that in? You are busy. You do a lot. You do a lot of very mindful and intentional things, which is incredible and and so admirable. So by the time you get home, I mean, on top of everything else you do, you're still, you're also a wife and mom. So how do you fit in that last pillar, that wine piece? I think that we do have to be very intentional about this as well. And it looks different for every person. Sure. Because some people are more introverted or more extroverted. So, you know, some people require more social time than others in order to be happy you know so I don't think that it has to look a certain way for every single person for me personally I'm actually more of an introvert you know so I I like to have alone time you know and for me like maybe I don't need to have as many relationships as somebody else who just loves to socialize Mm -hmm. you know so I think that it looks different for everyone. For me, I try to build relationships with those people who are just closest to me. Like, for example, at you know, when I come home, then I like to spend time connecting with my husband, with my son, you know, making sure that I'm having a meaningful conversation and just sitting with them, maybe eating dinner, being present with them. That's how I try to connect with my own family, like at the end of the day. Also, I mentioned my, well, actually, I don't know if I said it while we were recording, but my other son, he lives in the mainland and he's in a soccer academy over there. And so one of the things I try to do is make sure that I'm connecting with him, you know, and it it could be just calling him or texting him, you know, at least every couple of days. And I'll tell you a story, actually. I was at a conference recently. It was a social-emotional learning conference because I work in social-emotional learning in in our state office. And so I was at a conference and they asked us, one of the things, they were talking about connection and the importance of connection. 
And they they kind of gave us a little dare in a way. They're like, okay, everybody take out your phone and I want you to text three people and just say to them, what could I do to improve our relationship? What is one thing I could do to improve our relationship? And they're like, you know, it's a dare. You don't have to do it, but, you know, everybody, we want to challenge all of you guys to do this and see what happens. Just see what happens. And so it it can be a little like uncomfortable, right? Because you're like, okay, this person who I text is going to think I'm like totally weird right. because I don't normally just send them a message like that, right? <laughs> but the speaker gave a story about how he had done that and how it had really had an impact on his life because he had texted his mom and, you know, his mom had responded to him and said, you could be a better hugger. You need to give me more hugs. And so, you know, it's like, so he started every time he would see her, he would give her the hug, you know, and, and it actually ended up helping to strengthen their relationship, you know, over time. And, but he would never have known that right. if he didn't ask the question. And sometimes I think, you know, we're just not even asking the questions that we need to ask in order to build those stronger connections. Right. And so I decided, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I, I texted my husband and I texted my son, the one in San Diego. And my husband was like, you have never asked a question like this before. <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> but he told me that, you know, just try to be positive, in, you know, whenever we're talking, you know, don't be judgmental, be positive and supportive. So that was what he said to me. And he's like, and, and ask me more questions like this. That's what he said. <laughs> and my son, I was wondering what he would say when he would respond. And then he said, I want you to call me more often. Aww. And I, I was like, oh, okay, well, how often do you want me to call you? He said, maybe every other day. So that was really good feedback. Yes. You know, I mean, yes. it was excellent. It was excellent feedback. And so ever since then, I've been doing that. I've been, now I know that that's what he wants me to do. So I call him or I text him pretty much every other day and I feel good doing it because I know that that's what he wants me to do. Yep. You know, and you're right. We don't ask those types of questions very often, if ever. Right. And exactly. You can, can definitely change, change a relationship and it's simple enough to do. I guess we have to get out of our comfort zone a little bit. Right. But um, did they ask you that question in return? No, they did not. <laughs> Apparently yeah, yeah. something you have to be prompted to do. <laughs> yeah. You have to dare them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Carrie, as we're winding down today, describe what slow living looks like to you. For me, slow living means that I am creating the space in order to enjoy life and in order to be present to my life and in order to be present for others. I think that. It is so easy to get caught up in our to-do list and, and being so busy. I mean, that can definitely be me. I need to be intentional about slowing down and making that space to, for example, be present to my son. You know, like if he's talking to me, I need to actually turn towards him 
and listen to what he's saying. And to me, that's an example of slowing down. That is an example of being present to the person who I care about, who's right there in front of me, you know? So that's really what slowing down is to me. It's creating that space to pay attention and notice what matters. Me too. And it doesn't need to be this huge grand gesture. It can be, like you said, really simple little things that don't take much time, but can make a big difference. And this is a quote from you, actually. When you change your own life and increase your well-being, you also impact the lives of those around you, which I think speaks to what you just said very much so. Slowing down, being present, you know, you're doing a lot for yourself and you're also doing a lot in that instance with to, for your son and cultivating that closer, meaningful relationship with him, which is so important. So I love it. I love all of it. You have such an interesting life and a beautiful perspective on it. It's been really, really fun and refreshing talking to you. I feel like there's just a lot of good food for thought from this conversation. So thank you so much for taking the time. By the way, I would like to tell our listeners that Carrie came on this interview since there's such a time difference at 7.15 in the morning on a Friday. <laughs> so that was so generous of you. And I know I mentioned the podcast, but why don't we leave with you kind of telling everybody where they can find you and, and check your, your podcast out. Sure. Well, Anne-Marie, thank you so much for having me today. It has been such a privilege and I did not mind coming on here at 7.15 in the morning at all. <laughs> it was perfect and awesome. Yeah, I would love it if people would listen to the podcast, Coffee, Surf, Yoga, Wine. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's there. Also, I would love it if to connect with you on Instagram at Coffee, Surf, Yoga, Wine. So those would probably be the best ways to connect. And yeah, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity to be able to connect with your audience. So thank you so much. Yeah. And I, I do think that this, everyone listening today, I think you would get so much out of Coffee, Surf, Yoga, Wine. It's really great. It's a really fun podcast. You have such a soothing, calm voice. So definitely check it out. And Carrie, thank you so much for giving us your time today and for this beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and have been inspired to slow down and start living life at your own pace. As a brand new podcast, your listener voice matters. If Let's Slow Down is resonating with you, please take a minute to leave a review and rate us. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen and share it with friends. Remember, this is a process, so go easy on yourself. Be gentle and take all the space you need to thrive because the world needs you to be at your best, to love and serve others and yourself. 